0: Hi, this is Father Nathan. Welcome to this next installment of the Joyful Friar podcast. On our last show, we were talking about the the Shelby, the Southern country lawyer, who you uh, would meet in my first book, "Afterlife Interrupted," Book One, helping stuck souls cross over. Shelby had the uh, the sad turn of events that he was. Uh, late in life uh, moving into dementia without really fully being aware of it his daughter tried to make him aware and tried to get him to surrender the car keys he had a driving accident that he said proved her right we my prayer partners and I were called upon to assist him in a, a movement that he was making from one afterlife realm to the next one level to the next The work that we've been given to do has to do with helping people that needed a kind of therapeutic introduction to the afterlife, in large part because of the suddenness and the violence uh, with which they passed, being jolted suddenly out of one kind of consciousness and life into the next. Uh, It just makes sense to me that there would be accommodation for people that had had such a shocking uh, end of this life. He was in a therapeutic place where he was given assistance in sorting through uh, his response to what had happened to him. As you know from the last show, the thing that was the, the big issue for him was loss of reputation. That he felt like it, that he be well reputed is something that he cultivated for his entire career. And then at the very end, he felt like he had blown it all by doing such a stupid thing by driving his own car into a river mistaking a a side street for a boat launch so I wonder have you ever uh exaggerated some truth or something that had some basis in fact and, and blew it up all out of proportion there's probably some time in your life when you've caused sadness to yourself and perhaps to persons around you by just having some exaggerated and maybe persistent uh, idea that you acted upon and maybe refused to hear uh, anything contrary. Uh, I've certainly seen that, felt it in myself. But as a counselor, I've seen people whose frustration with something about their life has brought them into a counseling circumstance. And then when you do try to point out to them that they're they're overblowing something, um, very often they can be resentful that you've said that that uh well you know we're all free to go about our lives as we please even if it means doing so with some level of falsehood that causes so sadness but it's not productive anyway he had come to that realization that he had overblown this idea of reputation so i thought we would uh i'm gonna i've come up with a few questions that i think you might find interesting that other uh readers and and listeners of his story have asked one of them is the simple one what's it like to go from being in a consciousness in a body that is suffering some kind of mental incapacity dementia and then leaving that body what's that like well remember shelby wasn't in full-blown dementia He was at the early stages of it sufficient that his daughter had noticed it and felt like it had advanced to the point where he was a danger to himself as a driver so he he was not exactly at the earliest stages but he was still relatively early on one would have to think uh, his daughter might have been more forceful if um, she knew that it could have the end that it did nevertheless I'm gonna deal with that question later in this series with a, a, a person I'm thinking of who was very deeply into dementia and died in that circumstance. But one of the things about dying and leaving a body that had specific maladies wrong with it is you get to leave behind some of the absolutely physical parts of it. For example, people that are in a lot of cancer pain in their last days one of their first experiences upon leaving the body is oh my God I'm not in pain that makes sense doesn't it for the person that is in dementia sometimes they can get in such a habit of unclarity that even when the fog lifts it's not a blaze of light I I grew up along the Texas Gulf Coast where fog was very prevalent in the winter and fog does lift but it doesn't do so in an instant. It, uh, and some of the people that I've known who died of dementia, it took them some time out of the body to realize that their consciousness was now unaffected by the illness, whatever it was—Alzheimer's um, or any of the other. My dad died of Parkinson's disease, and he was in dementia for quite a long while. Nevertheless, uh, I'm going to deal with that more but one thing to keep in mind with when we do leave the body is that we do get a release from the absolutely physical parts of it Shelby was able to talk about not being an old man anymore he said no who would want to go into the afterlife and be old he said it was really dull he he got tired of being in conversations that are about current events but he said they're really more current to someone else's life he gave the example of the city council might be talking about building a bridge somewhere in the next five years and when you're of a certain age you probably aren't going to be around for to ever see that come to pass and so current events can even sound like somebody else's current time and your own something else so anyway he he uh he moved through his dementia and he he had a very sharp intellect to begin with so he was able to make some critical thinking uh, determinations about himself well why was he stuck at all well I think we covered that pretty well and he covered it very well in his story and in the previous podcast reputation man did he put a lot of importance on what other people thought of him and it was very important that he be well reputed so uh, I thought it would be worth spending a little time on that that kind of reputation, that idea that I must have a good reputation, it has two things going on in it. One of them is it moves out of the self and into some supposed self, some idea of what others are thinking about me. Always that's going to have some um untruth about it or some unclarity because it's guesswork. Have you ever done that in your own life? Have you presumed that somebody thought poorly of you? I think of the example that most people have had about, uh, you know, junior high dating. You know, having some crush on somebody, but presuming that that you are out of their league, that they would have no interest in you, and it would be laughable to them if they ever learned that you had a crush on them. That's a, a drama that you create in your own head. You create you create somebody else's idea of what they might think about you. Then you begin to have all these different calculations based upon that. Uh, that dubious first premise that first idea so caring a lot about one's reputation always is going to have some falsehood and guesswork built into it and that was the case even for a guy as brilliant as shelby sometimes maybe it's more of an issue for people late in life when you begin to think more about the end of things uh it really bothered him that that his death came in such a way that he thought at his own funeral, people would be kind of bypassing his career of service and kind of uh, joking to themselves about what an old fool he was. Well, that's just so sad. Um, I wanted to read from you one, from one of my favorite books of all time. Do you know C.S. Lewis, the great Christian author? He was um, Anglican scholar at Cambridge And he wrote this, that's just my my favorite book of all time, except the ones that I've written, but they're pretty good. But this one's even better than mine. Screwtape Letters from C.S. Lewis. In it, it's, um, the premise of it is that he's intercepted correspondence between a mentor demon and an apprentice demon. Screwtape is the teacher. Wormwood is the student. But in this point, uh, Wormwood is talking about reputation and how a human might think of him or herself and that it's it's best if a human thinks humbly about themselves and it's best for them if they do so in the truth that they just look at the truth that everybody has uh, wonder and goodness built into them and that there's really no need to make yourself stand out as exemplary or special in some way that everyone is already beautiful in their own way well of course that's repugnant to a demon but uh he's he's trying uh screw is trying to teach wormwood about this virtue of humility the last thing from a demonic point of view that you want a human doing is paying attention to the truth you always want to get them caught up in in some falsehood and some vanity or stupidity so he said the the worst thing is for them to uh be pleased with something that they did well to give it a moment's thought and some sort of uh satisfaction or pleasure then you don't want them at all to acknowledge that the talents that it took for them to do this thing were God given to begin with you don't want them thanking God for sure and um you you you, you, neither do you want them uh, being grateful for the accomplishments of other people you want to keep them selfish you want to keep them stuck on their own uh, set of accomplishments he says um conceal for from your patient the true end of humility let him think of it not as self forgetness but a certain kind of opinion that is a low opinion of his own talents and character there's a kind of false humility that a person can try to cultivate you know have you ever been a person who tried to give a compliment to someone that was sincere and true and have them say oh it's really nothing well it's really kind of insulting if I just said to you boy that was a great job you did I really admire the work you did on that project and then you say oh it was nothing well then are you saying I'm stupid (laughs) that I didn't notice the truth of the good thing that you did that I just acknowledged as a compliment to you that can just be social awkwardness that makes us do that oh it's nothing well it isn't true because you did something praiseworthy and were praised for it and when that's the case I learned in college I had a, a friend that that modeled this for me she used to say why thank you that's very kind of you someone acknowledging Something that one has done well—that's a kindness, and it does get one off of oneself. You don't have to be going on about. You're, you're absolutely right. I, I did a fantastic job on that thing. You don't have to be vain, vain about it. You can just say simply, "I thank you. That's very kind of you," and then you can go on to other topics. Um, the um, C.S. Lewis goes on essentially to say that human people are really not asked by God to have much of an opinion about themselves in the end if they simply live in the present moment do the present duty receive the present grace to do that duty that's really all that's asked of them and when we live that way I think uh, we live more peacefully but he said but often you can get them to uh, continue to pay close attention to what they think others are saying about them he says your efforts to instill either vainglory yeah you're right i'm terrific or false modesty oh it was nothing into the patient will therefore be met from the enemy's side and the enemy means god in this book with the obvious reminder that a man is not usually called upon to have an opinion of his own talents at all since he can very well go on improving them to the best of his ability without deciding on his own precise niche in the Temple of Fame have you ever thought about your own precise niche in the Temple of Fame exactly how others are going to think of you as though they're in a you know maybe in a gallery or someplace where artwork is shown off that somehow your trophy case needs to be uh very precisely crafted well unfortunately that was that was Shelby's uh Achilles deal he kind of fell for that idea that he needed to have a precise niche in the temple of fame one of the things he told us that he's enjoying in the afterlife is that even though his uh he's pretty much learned his lessons and is ready to move on to a next level which is why he came to us at all he said there's something important about to happen for me and I'm not sure what it is but he explained recently i've just been part of an encouraging audience where people who never thought well of themselves kind of the opposite of him people who never thought that they had a reputation that others would admire get their turn he said all that fussiness that i did every morning about all those products that i put on and made sure that that i looked impeccable in the mirror he said i don't have to adorn myself any longer and neither does anyone else we all look wonderful is, wouldn't you like to live in a place like that i would it's it's really a kind of a consciousness you, we can live there now if we choose to everybody around us is beautiful and you don't have to notice anybody anything about anybody that um that makes you think less of them he he went on to say that uh that in the in in the moment that was his then present moment he was part of like an audience of people that got to cheer on people that had never gotten their moment of glory um people who were who were maybe uh, poor or unnoticed were getting their notice and having their standing ovation or their party or whatnot and that he got to be part of cheering for such people and encouraging them so he said this is probably not going to be something i'm doing for the long haul but for right now that's what i'm doing so I thought that was interesting um one of the lessons the questions that I think comes up from compassionate response to him is um um what were the lessons that he was learning in the afterlife and I think we've kind of touched on them but one of them was the fact that everybody downsizes whether you want to or not uh and that and that losing stuff shedding stuff physical stuff emotional stuff imaginal stuff coming to to greater simplicity that he was doing that he had done some of it before his uh, his death and been doing a lot more of it since so I wonder if that's important to you do you think of sort of downsizing the physical surroundings that you have and getting rid of things especially I don't mean just throwing out trash but seeing things around you and saying you know i've enjoyed that for for long enough now it's time for it to be enjoyed by someone else and and simply giving away stuff or on that spirit level looking at some things that you prized that are immaterial spiritual things like reputation and saying geez do i really need to be so careful about that anymore frankly you know and and my coming forward in these recent years about the fact that I do this spirit work I knew that I could be thought a kook or worse um you know pawn of the devil so on uh that that I could be laughed at I told one fellow priest told me you could lose your priesthood and I thought well what would be the point of keeping it if I wasn't serving wounded people and the Lord's been sending me wounded people so, and and frankly, for me, reputation is, I, I'm kind of uh, kin with Shelby. Reputation has been something that I've cared a great deal about for much of my career. It's not as though I have shed that completely, but I know myself, I've gotten rid of a lot of that. If you want to m- make fun of me or think that I'm an idiot, well, go ahead. <laughs> I'll uh, The sun will still come up in the East tomorrow and I'll be just fine. So uh, he, he was downsizing in, in several different ways. in the the following video the the last one in this series we're going to go into some spiritual practices that might emerge from the story of shelby and questions that that arise so uh stick around if you want to go on to that next point but for right now uh that's enough i'm glad that you were with me i'm father nathan castle you can find me on my website at nathan-castle.com dot com. if you will go along the the uh, bar at the top click on contact that'll bring up a little form to send me to uh, send me an email I'm on my email and I'm pretty responsive to uh, anybody that has a question for me so for right now God bless you see you next time I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Joyful Friar. You can visit me at nathan-castle.com. Send me a message by clicking the contact button. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can make a donation by clicking the donate button. See you next time. God bless.